Um, we're, we're doing a series called Fruitful, and I kind of got halfway through a sub-series last week, and we'll do the other half today, and calling it Fruit That Remains. You know, we've been talking about fruitful, and just wanted to spend a little time talking about fruit that remains. I, I, I love this, that, that there are things that we partake of right here in this earth. Do you know what I mean? We see the blessings of God, and we, can, we don't have to wait till we get to heaven to partake. I mean, I say that, you know, over the years I've said it a lot, because the gospel's for today. But the other side of that coin is, is there is eternity, okay? There is an eternity. And, and I'm proud and glad and all that to say this today, that there is more than the life we're in now, okay? There is a heaven. Again, heaven didn't pass away, okay? Um, and and, and uh, there is a, a life beyond this one. And, and however long we live on this earth, you know, the book of James says it's like a vapor. You know, it's like a blade of grass, here today, gone tomorrow. And, and, and um, you know, and you, the older you get, I feel like maybe that's just me, but it feels like it, you see how quickly it goes, you know? You see kids grow up, I mean, goodness, I, I see true, yeah, I see him a couple times a week probably. I feel like every time I see him, he's grown. I swear, he's got more hair today than he did on Tuesday, you know? <laughs> There's a world beyond this. And it is possible right here in this earth that we live in today that we can make a difference for the world we're going to enter into tomorrow. Okay? That's what I'm talking about today. Is that okay? So again, Jesus said this in John 15, 5. You're a good bunch. Jesus didn't say that, but I'm saying that. Okay? You're a good bunch. Brunch? Yeah, I guess. Anyway, um, if you're in New York, you're probably having brunch. Anyway, but uh, you're a good bunch to preach to. I, I love preaching to you guys. Jesus said this. He said, I'm the vine you're the branches. He who abides in me and I in him will bear much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. You know, so again, the key to bearing much fruit is simply keeping our connection with him, abiding in him and him in us, staying connected with, you know, the vine. We are the branches. You know, I, I, I'm not a great farmer or gardener, but I know enough that if you take a branch away from the vine, doesn't do much after that you know it dries out it withers away and you know I'm, I might run it over with a lawnmower for all I know but you know <laughs> or worse or worse so let's look beyond this world and know this the way to see fruit in either in this world or the one to come is to stay connected to him now again the the real you the real me, you know, is not this person I see in the mirror. Thank God. He's, he's a person on the inside of me, you know, and it's getting renewed day by day. He's the, the one that, 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 you know, Peter said I should pay more attention to than I do this outer man. In Proverbs 20, 27, it says this. It says, uh, it says the spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all the inner depths of his heart. Uh, so, you know, God said this. He says, your spirit, you know, is, is, is a source of illumination. Do you hear me? The person on the inside gets illuminated, 
okay? I mean, I, I tell you, there's something we've prayed consistently over you guys since even before we opened the doors of this church. And that is just that the Holy Spirit would work with the people that come to church and show them things in their heart. That he'd illuminate truths. That there'd be those, aha, yeah, wow, I see God. You're, you're better than I thought. That kind of stuff would go on. Then in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, uh, another scripture here, kind of on the same line, but New Testament. And it, Paul said this, he says, as, as it's written, I have not seen or ear heard nor has entered into the heart of man, the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Now, you know, and, and maybe in some churches and some, you know, places in Christendom, maybe people read that verse and stop there and, and maybe make some comment that's like, see, you know, the things of God are just beyond anything we can have. Okay? Don't do that. Okay? You know, I always read before and after the verses. See what really has been there and what's coming up. We're not going to read verse, thir- or verse 8 for that matter, but uh, you can read it sometime. But verse 10 says, but God. Aren't you glad there's but gods in the word? Yeah, anyway. But God has revealed these things to us, revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. And what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. For we have received this, not the Spirit of, this, of the world, but the Spirit who's from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Is, you know, so basically, Paul's saying this, that your heart is smart, okay? The person on the inside of you has great potential, and he's connected with God. God's living in you, as a matter of fact, and wants to show you things that, that blow your mind, you know? Your, your head, head can be really smart, and that's good. You know, it's good to have a smart head. But I'm telling you what, God can, can speak to you in your heart, and, man, the stuff he'll give you will just blow you away. Okay? All right, that's good. Good. Yeah, I like it. So read it, reading on, it says, uh, These things we speak not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but with the, which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Verse 14 is kind of the one that spoke to me. It says, the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God for their foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they're spiritually discerned. So all this is, is talking about is, is God's going to talk to your heart, okay? He's going to put messages into your heart, you know? You, you need to learn, you know, and we're in a process of this. It's not like you've all of a sudden or I've arrived or something like that. I'm working at this, but, but learn to listen to the person on the inside, Learn to listen to God in your, in your spirit. You know, my, my favorite version of verse 14 is this one. It's called the, the Cornish translation. Uh, don't expect anybody would have that here. But the Cornish translation of 1 Corinthians 2.14 says it like this. It says, The material-minded man who thinks through his senses is totally and utterly ignorant of God's spiritual messages, for they're to him absolute foolishness, and he cannot reach them, for they're only made known to the spiritual character. Isn't that pretty plain? You know, if your whole world is consumed with everything out here, it'll be hard to hear what's going on inside. Do you hear me? There's, There's so many distractions in this world. I mean, we could list a list that would go on seemingly forever of just things that distract you and me from hearing God. And what, what you know, remember the prophet, uh, you know, one of them, Elijah or Elijah's, uh, you know, I get those. Do you guys, anybody else get those two mixed up? Ja and Shah. I mean, you know, they're back there. They were men of God. 
And, you know, the one was looking for God. He looked for him, and, you know, there's, there's got to be there in the earthquake. I mean, my goodness, it's so loud. It shook everything. The whole world came to attention, went, whoa, it shook. You know, hey, I get it. I, I have probably thought that same thing before. He's looking at them in the wind and the fire and all this stuff. And, and comes to find, come to find out this is in one of the, again, one of the book of Kings. And it, basically, you know, God says, hey, it's that still small voice on the inside. God sometimes speaks so subtly we can miss him. Partly because, you know, you know, it just comes off real gentle. And we're thinking it's going to be real authoritative. I'm not, I, get me wrong, sometimes it has been kind of a jolt to me. God said things to me, and we're like, oh, yeah, you know, stop, you know. Sometimes you get those stops. Sometimes when you're following God, just keep going, because he'll tell you when to stop. And it's easier to hear a no. Uh, that makes sense to some, maybe. But, but uh, God so, 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 speaks to you so softly and gently sometimes that it's easy to miss him. It's easy to just ride right over the thought. And, and push it down. And, and uh, you know, I don't know if this is in the order of my notes, because really, God was just talking this to, to me this morning. Um, we're talking about fruit that endures. And frankly, the fruit that endures in a nutshell is, is you know, God speaking to your heart, and you doing what God says to your heart. That's really what it is. You know, I'll talk a bunch of other things. Bear with me. Stay with me, just because I've told you the punchline. Don't forget to laugh and don't forget to all that stuff but but that's really the the point of it but but you know in our endeavor to step into we'll call it the spirit okay in our endeavor to step into the spirit a lot of times I've got to work through the flesh you hear me sometimes I've noticed this in my own life I've noticed it you know and I notice it in Dana because I, I live with her you know and she probably sees it in me too but but I've seen this, too, even in moves of God, you know. I've been around a, a, a few decades, and I've watched things happen in the body of Christ where, where God manifests himself different ways over a period of time. It isn't like, you know, that doesn't mean, you know, if it isn't in this time period, it doesn't mean he won't do it again. But it's just that sometimes there's been emphasis, you know. I remember when I got born again, it was what they called the charismatic revival, okay. We'll take that one. And, and I'm telling you, everywhere you went, in every denomination, and, you know, I was a newbie, and I floated around before I found a home church, and I went to all the denominations. And everywhere I went, I found people that were just wild in the Holy Ghost. You know, one of the wildest meetings I was in was a Lutheran meeting. I'm telling you what, people had banners, and they were running circles around the church, and I'm a newcomer, you know. All I knew was God loves me, and I'm sitting in there going, whoa. These people are electric, you know? And, 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 you know, I went to some Catholic meetings. God bless the Catholics. I went to some Catholic, you know, they call them Catholic charismatic meetings. They're wild. They're wild. And, and uh, I went to some that were Pentecostal and some that were whatever. But anyway, I, I, I got born again in what they call the charismatic revival. So let me say this that the charismatic revival, everything that went on in it was not the Spirit of God. I know, don't throw nothing at me, please. People online, be cool. But everything in it wasn't necessarily the Spirit of God. Do you know why? Because God was dealing with us people. <laughs> and sometimes my flesh gets demonstrated in the midst of revival, my flesh can rear up. 
I'm telling you, one time I remember we, Dan and I were in a meeting back in the 90s, and, and it was so intense, Holy Ghost, that our flesh was just burning. And before we really entered into the swing of things or the flow of things, we had to burn some flesh off before we really got in it. Did anybody know what I'm talking about? Am I just, you know, out there online, you, you just, yeah, cool. We love you guys. You can comment, okay? It's like saying amen. Yeah, and, and it is saying amen. What am I talking about? I remember when we were doing the, the COVID services, you know, and we couldn't have people here. You know, there's only six, five or six of us that were here every week. And, and um, I remember one time Pastor Stephen was preaching, and he says, and I'm sitting there intent watching online while he's preaching. You know, he's preaching, and I have my phone out, and I'm just watching the Facebook because that's where I was connecting with everybody else. And I was so busy typing amen, I forgot to say amen in the, real, in the, in the service here. <laughs> and he's like, hey, come on, guys, say amen. And, you know, I wanted to support him and say amen because saying amen is like stirring the pot, you know, and going, yeah. But I was, I was typing in Amen. <laughs> So, so, you know, I guess I'm just saying this, that don't judge things. If you see the flesh, don't judge it too quickly, you know, in yourself or in other people. You know what? We all got flesh. And, and you know, when it comes to hearing God, don't make it a hard thing. And I would say this, that, that in my journey of hearing God, I've missed it before. Did you hear me out there here and online? I have missed it before. So you know what you do when you miss it? You get up and you go again. You don't, you don't just, you know, whatever. What do they say? Throw the baby out with the bathwater? Don't ever do that. <laughs> Watching online? Don't do that. But, but that's an old saying they have, you know. And, and don't, don't come down so hard on yourself. We're learning. I mean, do you think God gets upset when we're trying to obey him and, and, and hear him and we miss it? I mean, I'm, I feel I'm surrounded by babies right now in this time in my life. There was another time in my life I was surrounded by babies, and I'm there again. And, and you know, you see these babies, they get up and they fall. You know, we have one who's, who's walking now, and every now and then you see her fall. I don't think, wow, she's not very good. She fell. I think, wow, it's so great. Come on, let's get up. Let's go again. You're, you're doing great. Isn't that what we do? God's picking you up. God's not condemning you. He's not saying, you spiritual zero. No, you don't hear nothing. That's not what he's doing. He's encouraging you. He's saying, come on, we can do this thing. Come on, you're, gonna, you're hearing clear. I always pray that about myself. You know, Lord, just make it so clear to me that I can't miss it if I try. You know, the, the way I miss it the most is that sometimes God doesn't show me quicker, well, put it this way, he doesn't show me as quick as I think he should. And then I might try and do something that he didn't even show me, just trying to do something, you know, uh, just talk. This is probably just me. Probably nobody else has ever done this in the world. But, you know, uh, sometimes I just have to wait longer than I think I should to hear the clear message. But I'm telling you this from experience, too, that it's always worth it to wait till you clearly see what he's showing you. And then when he does, walk that out. Even when it looks ridiculous, walk that out. 
Can I tell you something? Coming to Menominee 20 years ago for our family, which was Dana and I and Karen Casey, it looked absolutely insane. It looked insane. We had a good place. We were in a good position before we came here in Minneapolis. Had all our friends and, you know, kids were in a good school. You know, had a job I'd been in, you know, church that I'd been with for 12 years. Yeah. Yeah, 12 years. Yeah, anyway. And, and, and you know, we'd, we'd plowed ground. You know, we'd been with that church when there was, you know, 30 people. And, you know, and it grown to hundreds of people. And, and you know, people... Most people generally liked us, you know? And I was like, God says, move. And I was like, Whoa. you know, you've heard me go through it. I shook my head and go, no, 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 God, you're not telling me that. You know, I, I, I just dismissed it and walked, but he kept telling me it and telling me it, making it so clear I couldn't miss it. And then when the timing came, you know, I'm not going to go into big story, tell you the 30-second version, we had to walk it out. We had to walk it out. I remember I got up before the church. I'm not doing this today. Don't go there in your mind. But uh, I had to get up in front of the church. I remember Keith Hershey was preaching that day. And they had me get up and just make the announcement. I, I told them this. I said, you know what, guys? If I don't obey God, I'm going to be like Jonah in this ship. And you're going to say, what is going on? And you're going to want to throw me out if I don't obey God. And, you know, we all cried. And then Keith had to get up and preach. And he cried. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. But we went on. And, you know, it's just pays to obey God. When you hear him. When you know it's him. When, you, when it's so clear in your heart. You know, I could tell you a bunch of stories. I, I have over the years. Tell you, tell you them again, too. But, all right, let me look at what my notes say. All right. Um, yeah. Let me just point this out. What you do here in this life, there's only one thing that makes you saved, and that's receiving Jesus. And this could be controversial. I don't mean it to be. I just mean it to tell you this my, my, the truth is what you do as a Christian doesn't make you more saved. Do you hear me? You're not more assured of going to heaven. Now, I'm not telling you to do stuff that's going to be dumb, okay? But I'm telling you what, you're not going to be judged like heaven or hell on what you do here. Is there fruit that goes beyond this life? Yeah, there is, yeah, okay? But, but all you need to know to know you're going to heaven is I receive what Jesus did for me, okay? We don't want to just stop there, though. Did, any, did anybody get saved and think, this is all I want. I don't want any more of God. I mean, I think if I just judge my own experience, I think everybody has something similar. I think I came into it and I thought, I want all that he has. I don't want to just stop at the, the, the front door. I want to go in. I want to experience all that he is and all that he has for me. And that's who I'm talking to today. People that want to say, I want all that God has for me. I want to learn to, to live in this place of fruitfulness that I not only have fruit here in this life, but my fruit goes on into eternity. And as I cross into that veil, and as I go into that next realm, I'm walking in with an abundant supply because, you know, again, just because I heard God and obeyed him and what he told me to do. You're not going to be judged on anybody else's race 
but yours, okay? You don't have to try to do more because you see somebody else doing more. You need to do what God shows you. <clears throat> it might even look like you're doing less. Sometimes when I'm obeying God, you know, like, like sitting still before God is a challenge for me. I like to get up and move around, you know? When God says, just sit still and listen to me, it, it, my flesh goes, ha, that's what my flesh does when it, you know, it goes, it's trying, to, it's trying to scream at everything in me. But then, you know what, I sit there long enough and I, I resist what my flesh is telling me to do. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, then I enter into this place that's like, wow. Remember a couple months ago before the whole nonsense, nonsense we went through, uh, we had a service where we just sat here? First, my head said, ah, my flesh went, no. And then I went, yeah, this is good. I remember after, you know, after service on both services, because both of them, we did the same thing. I remember just being in the foyer. And, and, and don't get me wrong on this, but this is just my definition of it. It was like everybody was my best friend. You know what I mean? Because I guess you all are, but, but, but it just felt like super amplified, like, yeah, I love that. John, I love that guy. I mean, I already do. But, you know, you just look at people and you'd go, oh, I just appreciated people more. It's amazing what being in his presence will do. All right, so, you know, we left off last week and we we're jumping into some fasting. And you are the very folk that came back being pre-warned would dip into some fasting. God bless you. All right, so I'm not going to go into a whole lot. There are people probably more equipped than I am to talk about fasting, but I'm just going to touch on it here. From the same line that we're talking about is just obey God. Don't let things of the flesh hold you back from his best for you, okay? Don't let the flesh ever just be the voice in your life. So, you know, there's different kinds of fasts. When you hear the word fast, don't freak out. Just obey God in everything. Uh, there's different lengths of fasts, you know, and don't minimize the validity of any of them. Sometimes God might just tell you, just, you know, skip something, you know. Skip that piece of chocolate. And it isn't always food. Sometimes he'll tell you just, you know, to sit still for a minute. Don't minimize the effects of any time you're obeying God. There's different kinds of fasts. There's different lengths. If you're married and you do decide you're going to go on a fast, you need to be in agreement with your spouse or else you don't do it. That's according to the Bible. And I could get further into that. Well, there's no kids in here. But anyway, don't, I'm not going to today. But, but, but you know what? The Bible's very clear on it. Uh, basically, if you're married, be in agreement with your spouse. And um, it, it says this in Corinthians. It says, you know, when your fast is over, come together so you don't get tempted. Take a while to think about that. You'll figure it out. Okay? <laughs> there's liquid fasts. People that just drink water, juice, there's partial fast. Maybe people limit their diet to just fruits and vegetables. Fasting sweets, there's fasting certain meals in a day. There's fasting certain days in a week. 
Sometimes people fast activities like TV or the internet, their phones, video games, Facebook, reading the news. See, any of those things I mentioned could make your flesh go, oof, he's not talking to me. No, no. Well, I'm talking to me. The question is this. This is what I, I see. Is what is the biggest voice in your life? You know what I'm talking about? What's the biggest voice in your life? You remember when, I, I remember when I was a kid and I was maybe in a public place and maybe I was, this is, this is an example, maybe I was doing something that maybe I shouldn't and I would hear a voice come from somewhere that, that made me go stop in my tracks and it was always the time they'd say Paul, but they wouldn't just say Paul because my middle name is David. I'd hear the word Paul David and oh, I would just stop. Because a voice was speaking to me that had authority in my life. So, you know, honestly, at the last church in Minneapolis, there was a young kid who was very rambunctious, and his name was Paul David. And I remember his mom certain times yelling down the hall, Paul David, I would come to attention at that too. It was just a force of habit. But <laughs> what's the voice that carries weight in your life today, you know? It probably, you know, for most of us, probably isn't our mom and my mom and dad are both in heaven, you know? What voice is it that carries weight? Some people, and I'm not talking to anybody in here, but for some people, that voice might be, might be Facebook. I saw it on Facebook. It's got to be true. Did you see it? I saw five people said the same thing, you know? Uh, or, or maybe the voice is the news, I, I um, you know, it's like a fine line for me. You know, I'm just telling you about me, okay? I, I can only take so much news, you know? And, and uh, I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's CNN, Fox, or what. I get too much, and I, I notice it affects me. And, and uh, it puts me in a different mood. Sometimes it gets me angry, <laughs> you know? And, and, I have to watch it. Now, I don't like to be uninformed of what's going on in the world, but the thing is, is I don't want that to be the biggest voice in my life. You want to hear the truth? Should I really rattle a cage? All these systems in the world are corrupt. I don't care which side you're on. They're all corrupt, and all of them need prayer. Did you hear me? Uh, there's a system that, that I'm hooked up with, and you are too. It's called the kingdom. Yeah. And I want that to be the biggest voice yeah. that I'm hearing. Yeah. Am I meddling too much here? It's, this is just, just what I'm getting, you know. Um, See, God has to be the biggest voice in our life. And, and even what you know in your head, okay, you could know all the faith formulas, you know what I'm saying, all the right things to do, and it can look really right to the eyes of most Christians, but I'm telling you, if you cut out that connection with God and hearing him in the midst of it all, those things are futile. Even though they're good, they don't work 
unless you plug them in. You know, you can have the best, what, TV? Is there a good TV? There's smart TVs, they say, supposedly smart. <laughs> but unless you plug it in, they don't work. So knowing all the answers isn't the key. It's plugging in to make it work. Matthew 6, 16, this is where we left off. It says, moreover, when you fast, don't be like the hypocrites, those hypocrites. Sad countenance, they disfigure their faces. They may appear to be men, uh, two men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. So, you know, we don't, you know, it isn't like if somebody finds out that you're fasting that, that you lost all your reward. I'm not saying that. That's not what Jesus meant either, you know. But don't announce it. Don't, you don't need to put it on your, your status on Facebook or whatever. I'm fasting for the next, you know, whatever. Unless God shows you to do that. I don't know. I'm not ruling that out either. But, but don't make that your motive, okay? Uh, you, when you fast, anoint your head, wash your face, and so you don't appear. You know, just, just look normal. I love that about Jesus. He says you can be so cool and so turned on on the inside, but man, just go around. Be you. Be you. You know, and let, pe let, the, let the goodness just come out of you and people will be affected. How many like to affect people? You know, just, just being around people, sometimes you can affect them. He says, your father who is in the secret place and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. So whenever, whatever kind of fasting you do in life, you know, do it with him. Do it connected with him. You know, and frankly, just while we're talking about fasting, this is my opinion, and this is what I endeavor to do, is I'm more into living a fasted lifestyle, okay, rather than, you know, just big, long fasts or whatever. You know, basically, look for things every day to say no to your flesh to, okay? You know, and then, then say no to it. Now, in Matthew 17, you know, there's a, there's a pretty known story where Jesus and Peter, James, and John, they came down from the mountain, and they were, the, the disciples there were confronted with this, this young boy who was actually having a, a demon attack, and, and the, the dad of this boy, God bless him, he came to Jesus and said, hey, I came to the disciples, and they couldn't help me. And, and can you do anything, all right? So sometimes, you know, I like to bring this out, that people might have been there in the crowd that day and said, wow, well, we saw, I can just see the reporter, you know, from whatever, Jerusalem Times is there, and he saw it. He says, the dad brought his boy to the disciples. These are men who physically walk with this guy called Jesus. They couldn't get any result. I guess it's God's will that this young boy have whatever it is that he had. It could have been the opinion of some of the crowd, but the dad brought him to Jesus, and Jesus cast him out. Cast the, not the kid, but the, the demon, okay? All right, big difference there. You know what? Fight is never against flesh and blood, okay? We don't get mad at people. We, get, we, get, we take our authority with the devil, okay? I don't even get mad. Well, you know, sometimes I do get mad at the devil. Sometimes you got to have this in you. Go, you know. 
It just seems like that, okay? But, uh, you know, Jesus did that thing, and then the disciples asked him, they said, well, why couldn't we do it? And Jesus said, you know, this kind of doesn't come up but by prayer and fasting. But what I've noticed in reading it is that Jesus didn't come up to this situation and think, look at it, scratch his head and say, well, guys, I think we better fast right now. Now, you know, there may be a time when that happens, and that, I mean, that's okay. I'm not, trying, you know, I'm not trying to say that couldn't be, but Jesus didn't do that. And I think the reason why is this, is that he lived a fasted kind of lifestyle. He was always on. I want to be like him. I, I can't say I'm there yet, you know. Anybody that knows me too well knows that's true. But, but, but uh, that's where I'm shooting, okay, shooting for. Is, is I want to live that fasted lifestyle where I am in tune with him. Are you out there today? So let's not be ruled by our bodies. Let's let God be the biggest voice in our life. Um, 1 Corinthians 9, 27, I love this verse in the Amplified Classic Version. It says, uh, Paul said, like a boxer, I, I buffet my body. Now there's two ways you can read that word buffet. Some people have read it and said, I buffet my body. Okay, that's not right. Okay, Paul said, I buffet my body. In other words, he said, I don't let my body push me around. I realize my body's not the real me, and I don't let it ru rule my life. He goes on, he said, this is the Amplified. He says, I handle it roughly, discipline it by hardships. Now, that doesn't mean that he, he physically hurt his body. Okay, you're hearing me out there today? didn't mean he was doing anything strange to his body. All it meant is this. Paul recognized this, that the person on the inside is the one in charge, not the person on the outside. Don't be ruled by something that's going to pass away, but let the man on the inside stand up and take his place. Does that sound okay? He says, uh, for fear of proclaiming the gospel to others, I think I'm, uh, let me read it. Sub, I subdue my body. He says, for fear that after proclaiming to others the gospel and things pertaining to it, I myself should become unfit and not stand the test, be unapproved and rejected as a counterfeit. So I don't know about you, but Paul, the apostle, you know, in my mind, he's like one of, if you could say it, he's like one of the elite in my mind. But he said that he dealt with the flesh just like you and I do. Do you hear me? A spiritual giant like this still had to be aware and say, listen, I'm putting my flesh under because his flesh would rear up. So what are we doing? We're living our life from the inside out. 1 Corinthians 3. I think this is close to the last scripture I'm going to give you. Sort of. Uh, there's only 20 of them here. All right, or so. 1 Corinthians 3, verse 1, Paul said this, Brethren, I couldn't speak to you as spiritual people, but as the carnal, as the babes in Christ. Talking to the Corinthian church. He says, that I fed you with milk, not with solid food, for until now you're not able to receive it. And even now you're, you're still not able. So they were spiritual babies, okay? In, in Peter, 1 Peter 2, 2, he, he said this. He says, newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that they may grow thereby. So if you're a spiritual baby like the Corinthian church here, there's hope. And what Peter said is, is just take the milk of the word and, and begin to grow. 
And what I would say this too is, is even if you're maybe not a baby, none of us outgrow our need for milk, okay? Milk's still good, even if you've been around and walked with God for years. But babies, they get milk. Um, so in verse 3, it says, For you're still carnal, and there is envy and strife and divisions among you, and you're yet carnal and behaving like mere men. Don't you love that line? He says you're behaving like mere men. Okay? So a carnal Christian... Uh, carnal Christians are 100% saved. They're going to go to heaven when they die, okay? You can go to heaven as a carnal Christian. In fact, if you stay carnal, you might go there quicker than anybody, okay? But carnal just means they're living their lives being controlled by their flesh, okay? Their flesh, you know, you know what a baby's like? They, they cry at any, any, you know, need they feel they have, and that's what a carnal Christian can be like, is, is like a baby in the, in the natural. Um, what I, loved the, what I loved in this verse, though, is the term living your life like a mere man, you know? In other words, these people were born-again Christians. They had God living in them, but yet they lived their lives and they looked like everybody else in the world, okay? There should be something different about us as Christians. There should be something different as we grow in Him, okay? It doesn't mean we should wear a T-shirt today that says, hey, I'm a Christian. You can Again, you can, but that's not what Paul was talking about. You know, you don't, they, they know that you're Christians by your bumper stickers. No, that, well, thank God for love church bumper stickers, but that's not how you know you're a Christian, okay? They know you're a Christian by your connection with him, okay? All right, um, verse 4, it says, uh, for when one says, I'm of Paul, another says, I'm of Apollos, are you not carnal? You know, um, man, be so spiritually in tune with God that you can, you can hear from either Paul or Apollos, uh, you know, in the days that we're living in now, okay? You can, you can learn things from everything and everybody, you know, just keep connected to God. Who then is Paul and who's Apollos but ministers through whom you believed as the Lord gave to each one? And he goes on, he says, I planted. Paul said that. He said, I planted. Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So God's the only one that really is to be magnified in this whole thing. I'm going to just jump on down. Uh, he says some terrific things in the next couple verses too, but, but I, I just want to get to the point here. In verse 12, he gets in here and, and um, he says, Anyone who builds on this foundation with gold and silver and precious stones, then he goes on and he lists wood, hay, and, and straw, and uh, each one's work will become clear. So what he's talking about in verse 12 is how we live our lives as Christians, okay? And he said, for some Christians, I'm going to divide them into two groups. There's gold, silver, and precious stones, and there's wood, hay, and straw, okay? What do you want to build with? Well, you want to build with the gold and the silver, is that what it was? Gold, silver, or yeah, and precious stones. You know, wood, hay, and straw, I mean, there's, there's, there's storybooks about you know, little pigs that, that use those things, and they didn't get very far in life. And as a Christian, the same thing is true. If we're using wood, hay, and straw all our Christian life to build the things that we're doing for God, I'm telling you what, they're not going to endure. But gold, silver, and precious stones are what we want to be doing as Christians. What are these gold, silver, and precious stones? I will submit to you that these things are just what we've been talking about. 
They're the things that God is showing you to do and you walking them out. Big or small, they still amount to gold, silver, and precious stones. When God tells you in your heart and says, you know, go buy coffee for that person, you know, over there, and you go do it, you think, well, that wasn't any big deal. But I'm telling you what, it goes down in the books as gold, silver, and precious stones, you know, and, and just... You know, if, if you're standing there in line, maybe the same thought comes, I'm going to buy a coffee for them. So, I, you know, God didn't tell you, but you just thought, I saw that guy do that. I'm going to do that too. And look, everybody. Hey, look at this. I'm going to buy their coffee. Boom. Enjoy. Well, that probably, even though it was a good deed, is probably wood, hay, and stubble. Okay? And it, it goes for a little while, and everybody in line is going, wow, that was cool. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the whole thing. That's all that you're going to get out of that. Uh, it says in verse 13, Each one's work will become clear, for the day will declare it, because it will be revealed by fire. And the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. Now, this isn't uh, a day of judgment like in the way that it's like the great judgment day where you go to heaven or hell, but it's like a believer's judgment, okay? And, and Paul said this. He said... Uh, if anyone's work endures, that he's built on endures, he'll receive reward. And if anyone's work is burned, he'll suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet as though by fire. Uh, do you not know that you're the temple of God and the Spirit of God dwells in you? I just finished it up through verse 16. There's more to the chapter, but, but basically Paul says this in life. As we're walking through life, he says there's things that you're going to do that will be rewarded. And we want to be rewarded with the gold, the silver, and the precious stones so that they endure any kind of fire that falls on us, that we'll come to the other side, we'll have our reward. He made it really clear that the only thing being judged was works. It was not people, okay? There's no people burned up in the story that Paul tells in in. in 1 Corinthians 3, I believe it's 1 Corinthians, uh, the only thing that was burnt up was works. And if the things we're doing are built of the right substance, they'll endure the fire. We'll go on. We'll have things that endure this life and beyond. But if we mess around with wood, hay, and straw, one version said stubble, uh, you know, that, that might be cool for a little bit, but it won't last. I want work. I want fruit that remains. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. I'm going to close with this one. Passion. This is my last and final closing. Passion translation. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. I'll be honest. Somebody in church gave me this this week, and just randomly. And I thought, wow, that's amazing. It just fits so right. So now, beloved ones, stand firm, stable, and enduring. Live your lives with an unshakable confidence. You know, you can have that today. You can have an unshakable confidence, even with the world we're living in today. We know that we prosper and excel in every season by serving the Lord because we are assured that our union with the Lord makes our labor productive with fruit that endures. Praise the Lord. Let me give you two questions, and I'm going to pray for you. Some questions to ask this week. Here's one. 
What does it mean for a Christian to not behave as a mere man? Just think about that. What does that mean to you? What is a mere man anyway? And uh, how do I not behave like a mere man? Sounds like a Disney superhero or something. A mere man. <laughs> All right, number two. Is there something God is telling you that you could act on that would draw you closer to God? I mean, those things can be so simple. Just a couple weeks ago, we were asking God, Dan and I were like, you know, what we could do. And he just showed us, you know, we always take this devotion time at the end of the night, and we do communion, and we, we, we typically, we pray for all our family, and we pray for the church, and we, we, we make a practice to hear God like somebody's name from the church, and then we lift that family up, and, you know, we prayed for some of you this week, and we prayed for all of you, but by name. And uh, so what God told us is just take an extra 10 minutes before you even do that, just pray in tongues. You know, the first couple days we did that, 10 minutes was an eternity. 10 minutes burned my flesh. I, I, I can't tell you how many times I looked at that dumb clock on the, on the counter, and it just didn't move at all. I'm like, Dana, 10, are we sure we heard 10 minutes? And then, you know, after you do it a while, in fact, just the other night we were doing it, and I couldn't believe how 10 minutes went. And, and, and Dana says, maybe we should up it to 15 I said, well, we will. Let's keep on at 10 for a little bit longer, and then we'll do that. But, you know, just, you know, just obey God. Hey, thanks for tuning in today. I hope this message was a blessing to you. Yeah, hey, we just wanted to give you the opportunity as well to partner up and plug in to the church uh, by giving. So if you would like to be a part of that and help make this all possible, you can do so by going to wearelovechurch.com slash give. You can also plug in, stay in the loop with what's going on at the church via our Instagram and Facebook platforms. So love y'all. God bless you.